Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Praise God. Hey, welcome to Transforming Life Church. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Kyle Jude. I'm the lead pastor here, and we hope you have a life-changing experience uh, through Jesus today. Hey, what, what an incredible uh, legacy that Billy Graham uh, left. Uh, you know, just the thousands and hundreds of people that he ministered to uh, over the years. Decades uh, of ministry. Just just incredible, and, um, and I was inspired by, by that video, and, and it really feeds into what we're going to talk about uh, throughout this new series that we're starting today called The Unchurched uh, Next Door. Uh, there's many people around you that you probably don't even realize um, have never been talked to about Jesus. They've never been talked about the gospel. They don't know what it means uh, to be saved or what salvation is. Um, they've, they've never been uh, spoken to about that. They've never been invited to church. And many of them are your friends. Many of them are your coworkers, your family, um, neighbors. Uh, you know, they're all they're all around us. They're really the next door uh, to us. And so, what I want to do through uh, this series starting today is to put some courage in you uh, to to go out to a, just a lost and dying world. Because obviously we see what's going on around us. We see the, the state of our, our country and, and, and our world and society. And, um, and so many times we just kind of sit back and, and we want to pray it in, which is important. We should pray. We should intercede for people. Uh, but there's got to be more to it than that. Uh, we have a voice. God has given you a voice. He wants to speak through you. And he wants to use you to reach people uh, around you. Amen? So we're going to work through this uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks, and this will lead us uh, into, into Easter, which is just a, a few weeks away. But man, you know, Billy Graham, just such an impact, right, on hundreds and thousands of people. And, and if you really think about it, it was just one message. It was one message. He preached the same thing every time, and that was Jesus, right? Um, I got to see him when I was a teenager. He came through Tampa. Um, I believe back when that was the Tampa Stadium, it was, I don't think it was Raymond James just yet, or maybe it was, I don't know, it was a while ago, so I forget, I forget what happened last week, so, um, <laughs> but I, I remember him coming and speaking at DC Talk uh, back when, when they were around, right, if, you, if you've been in the Christian world and you follow Christian uh, contemporary music, DC Talk was like, they were the edge, right, you know, uh, back in the day, and, uh, and, and, and they were big when I was in, uh, in, in youth group as a teenager. So they opened up for Billy Graham a lot back then because um, he was trying to reach younger audiences and things like that. So they opened up for him. So our youth group uh, went there to go, to go check it out. And I, I just remember, I remember that. I remember listening to him. I remember, uh, or I, you know, I recall just hearing his messages at times. I've, I've listened to a few YouTube clips of his preachings uh, recently. And he really had a simple message. There was nothing like crazy deep um, or, or, or profound necessarily. It was simply... We're all sinners, and we need a Savior. That is Jesus. He died for your sins and for my sins. He rose again to give you life and life abundant. That was his message. He didn't, he didn't cookie cutter. He didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He got right to it. And hundreds and thousands of people filled stadiums and altars to come and hear this life-changing message of hope through this one man. This one man. You know, look around this room, and there's, there's many of us, and I know that there's others out doing different things. We've got our Strawberry Festival booth last day. Come on. We're almost there. Many of you are like, yes, all of our stemmers that have been stemming so much. Um, I will pray for your hands and backs and stuff like that. Because um, I know it's been challenging, but we're, we're right there. It's, it's ending today. But, um, but, you know, 
there's many of us in here. Think about it. If, if Billy Graham went for now I know he probably had a team and different people around him, but many people came to hear him speak and share Jesus. But, but think about it. There's many of us in this room, and if each of us reached the sphere of influence that we individually have, think about what a difference that would make. If you went home and, and really worked on this week, just one person, just one person praying for that person and, and finding moments. Now, I'm not beating them over the head with the Bible or, or, or bothering them because there's, there's creepy, right? And then there's, there's normal. Okay? And we don't want to be creepy. We want to be normal. Uh, so use your discernment. Follow the Holy Spirit. But, um, but what if you just worked on that one person this week? You worked on inviting them or you worked on just little steps and just little moments of saying, you know, hey, you know, encouraging them or just speaking into their life and eventually inviting them to church. We, we would double insights. No problem. No gimmicks. No fancy service. No fancy message. No you know billboards. Nothing. Nothing. Just by our voice. Just by us taking time to share the love of Jesus with someone. It can make a huge difference, right? And there's hundreds of people around us all the time. I know we live in itty bitty plant city, but there's hundreds of people in the city, and it's getting even more populated as we go. And there's buildings, and and there's there's homes, and all kinds of stuff. It's it's becoming not so itty bitty anymore. And there's hundreds of people that don't know Jesus right here in our neighborhood, in your neighborhoods, in your families, and on your jobs. And we have to go and reach them. We can't just expect them to come into the door. We have to go out. That was, that was Jesus' whole thing for us. That's called the Great Commission, right? You heard of the Great Commission to go, to go out. It's the Great Commission. And that's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus told the disciples before he left uh, the earth, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say just, hey, just wait. They'll come. Just, you know, just hold on. Just be patient. He said, Go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. If you're taking notes today, I don't have a lot of points. In fact, this is a very different message for you. Uh, you know, normally you guys come in and, and you want me to build you up and encourage you. And I love doing that and, 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 and things like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to be here. You're an overcomer. You're a brother conqueror. Let's beat the devil in the face. None of that is necessarily going to happen. But this is what we're teaching because I want us to understand that there are so many people out there just waiting for you to speak into their life to share Jesus with them. And, and, and so if you're taking notes today, the first thing is this. The Great Commission is your commission. Did you hear that? The Great Commission is your commission. I realize this is my job. This is what I do. I'm a pastor. And I do that full time. And yes, it's easy for me, right? That's what I'm supposed to do. That's it. But God has a calling for each and every one of your lives. You may not be in vocational ministry. You may not become a pastor or a mission or anything like that. But you still have a story. God has still done something in your life. And God wants to use each and every one of you to reach people for Him. It's not just a pastor's job. It's not just an evangelist's job. It's not just Billy Graham's job or something like that. It's all of us. If you call yourself a Christian, if you follow Christ, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, it is your job. The Great Commission is your commission to go out and reach people. Are you with me? All right, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. Great Commission is your commission. Uh, I've been reading this study, very interesting study. Um, this particular professor um, at a Baptist theological seminary, um, he, uh, he, he had this desire to kind of hear from the unchurched and kind of hear their perspective, right? to see who they were, to see what exactly they, they think or what they believe. And so he sent out some students and, and a different team of people just wherever they went. 
wherever they went to, to take some time to interview people. Now, this wasn't necessarily to witness to them, but it was to interview them just to, to hear their thoughts on Christianity, God, Jesus, heaven, hell, salvation. What were their influences? Did they have any Christian influences in, in their life? Um, if someone invited them to church, would they actually go? And so they, they reached out to all these different people wherever they went. They spread over the nation to do this. And there were some interesting statistics and, and things that came back um, in this study. The, the book actually is called The Unchurched uh, Next Door. And, and it's, it's, it's really cool. If you're into statistics and, and things like that, um, this is a, it's a great book. It's a quick read. And, uh, and it, I thought it was very interesting. And I wanted to share some of that with you today. In, in the study, 8 out of 10 unchurched people said that they would come to church if they were invited. The majority of people would come to church if you invite them. Think about that. Think about all of our misconceptions. Think about, think about the things that we think toward people that don't go to church. Think about the, we, we think about the world and our society today and everything that's going on around us. We, we tend to have misconceptions. But actually the majority of people would actually come if you invited them. In the same study, only 21% of active churchgoers invite anyone to church in the course of a year. 21% of active churchgoers actually invite someone to church in the course of the year. That's, that's sad. And we wonder why the church is declining and why churches aren't doing as well. Because it's, it's, it's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the staff's job. It's not just an evangelist's job or someone that has that particular calling. It's all, it's all of our jobs to do that. If you follow Christ, it's all of our jobs to go out and reach people. See, the, the, the church is good at this. The church is good at saying, well, they're taking God out of the schools, and they're taking God out of the government, and they're taking God out of this. And we'll sit, and we'll cry, and we'll whine, and we'll complain, and we'll say all these things, but where is the church? I, I, I told you, it's not necessarily a funny message. Where, where is the church? 21% of church scores are inviting people to church. Where is the church? We, we, and, and on a side note, we, we, we talk about God not being in schools. If, if we would instill Christ in our kids, and that's why we have kids ministry, that's why we have youth, we instill Christ in our kids. I'm not saying you guys, I, I know I would assume teach your kids about Jesus and stuff like that, but, but if people would instill that in their kids and, and, and help them and not just expect the church to disciple them, but if, if parents would disciple their own kids and and make Jesus an important priority above the soccer games and above the, the t-ball games and, the, and all the other stuff. And if Jesus would become a priority in the home again, then Jesus would be in the schools because he would be in the hearts of the students. Side note. That was for free. I'm not going to charge you for that. Very few unchurched people have had someone share with them how to become a Christian. So, so we can't expect them to know what we know. We can't expect them to live a life that we expect them to live if they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. I've always heard people say you can't expect unsaved folk to act like saved folk because they don't, they don't know. They're waiting for someone to tell them. Many of them, they don't even have Christian influences in their life. That's sad. Here's the deal. Personal invitation, invitation fuels much of church growth. You see churches that are kind of growing and, and doing well, it's because there's some evangelism going on. There, there's, some, there's some stuff going. People are, are, are reaching out and they're getting excited. Personal evangelism will fuel church growth. 
But if we don't invite people, don't expect to grow. We'll just stay the same and, and we'll be comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with empty seats. I'm not comfortable with that. We need to grow. And, and yeah, you know, people will say, well, churches just want to put butts in the seats. Yeah, you know, I don't put a butt in the seats. That's a soul that's going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't put butts in the seats. Yeah, we're going to do things to grow the church. But it has to. It's that personal. So, so many, we'll, 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 post, we'll post scripture on Facebook, right? We'll, we'll post a, a cool looking graphic on there that says something about God. We'll, we'll share this thing or that thing. We're good at doing that because it's a digital age and that's easy, right? But it's that personal invitation that means so much and that will reproduce so much more people's life. It's that personal Thing. But again, there's misconceptions that we have. There's, there's fears that we have. There's, there's things. And I'm hoping that we'll, we'll be able to work through those things. But if we want to thrive as a church, we have to reach the unchurched. We're not going to grow getting people from other churches. I don't want to do that. I want people to get plugged in in a place, plugged in a local church. You get involved there. You get discipled. And you work it out. But this church hopping stuff, I don't like it. I, I think it's epidemic in churches. Get plugged in. Get moving. Let's get going. Let's reach People, the unchurched, they need Jesus. Now, this all assumes that we have non-Christian friends. But sadly, a lot of Christians don't. Because how, you know, we live in these little Christian bubbles at times. And I get that. I get that. You, you don't wanna, we, we don't want to have people so close and influencing our lives. I get that. We can't separate ourselves from the world that we're trying to reach. That doesn't make sense, right? That, that's kind of backwards uh, thinking. It's hard to reach a world that we don't love or don't know. It's hard to reach a world that we don't love or don't know. And personal invitation is going to be the thing that drives growth. So we have to reach out. We have to, we have to share what God has done in our lives. It's not always having like all the best theology, which you should. Learn, no, you should know what you believe and why you believe it. That's important, especially in this uh, postmodern society. Um, this post-Christianity society, you know, that's important. There's people that don't believe in God, that know more about God than, than many of the Christians today. It's important to know what you believe and why you believe it. But you don't always have to have that all together because that's an ever-evolving thing. And, and we should be learning and growing and developing ourselves. But just sharing what God has done in your life is powerful. It's power. Your testimony is powerful. You can't, you can't deny your experience and what God has done in your life. And so that's powerful. And just sharing what God has done. Maybe, maybe it's caught up in a conversation with, let's say it's a neighbor. You, you, you're talking to your neighbor and like, yeah, things are kind of going rough. And, and boom, you just, that's seeing a need, meeting a need, right? That's our thing, right? You walk in there and say, hey, you know, I've gone through something similar. And I, I pray through it. I, I don't know if you pray. I don't know if you go to church. I, I go to church and I'm not... And it can just be so like, easy and nonchalant. I don't know if you believe in that, but that's what I believe, and that's what I do, and that's helped me through so much. And you just leave it at that. You, you, you drop the seed right there, and, and, and you pray about it, and you continue to encourage and, and be there for that person. Uh, but it's so much different than what we think. Again, there's so many misconceptions and thoughts that, that we have. Um, the, the, there's this fear of rejection that we have because we do think that so many people are going to say no because of the society and the culture that we live in. But the statistics in this particular study seem to suggest otherwise, that people will actually listen to you. Like, you'll be surprised the amount of people that will say, yeah, you can pray for me. You'll be surprised. 
So there's fear of rejection that we have at times. There's fear of confrontation. Because there are some that are very hostile towards Christianity and Christians. And, and yeah, there's going to be some of that sometimes. And they still need to hear it though. They still need Jesus. And we can't be afraid of that confrontation. That's why we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And many of us maybe just feel like we just, we don't know what to say. You know, I asked... Maybe it's your personality or, or whatever it might be. I just, I don't know what to say. But man, I, I promise you, if you are a spirit-filled believer, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say in the right way, in the right moment, if you'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what's holding us back? Excuse me. What's holding us back? We know we're the church, what we're supposed to do. We know that there's lost people out there and there's a lot of them. The harvest is ready, I believe. The harvest is ready. It's ripe. It's time to go out and be the laborers. You guys ready? Let's do it, right? Let's do it. Let's put all the misconceptions aside. Let's put all of our fears. Let's put all of our, our opinions. Let's put ourselves aside. And let's do the work of the Lord that he's called us to do. So let's talk about that for a minute. What are some things that might hold us back? Many of them are just really just misconceptions. First, that unchurched are not anti-church. The majority of people in this particular study are not anti-church. And there's different reasons why they may not come to church. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But the unchurched are not anti-church. Many people, many people have a great uh, understanding of Jesus. And, and even they hold him up high. Even other religions hold Jesus up high. They just don't believe he's the son of God. Or they have not made that decision to start following him and become a believer but the unchurched are not anti-churched. They're, they're nervous, but they're willing to talk about matters of faith. Um, most unchurched believe in an afterlife of some sort. Now, there's some theology that kind of, gets kind of wacky with, with, with uh, people. And there, there are tons of stories in the book that I read. Uh, but, but they do believe in some sort of afterlife, some type of existence of heaven and hell. Again, they've never been taught. They've never been told. Over 17 million. Now, this is based on the study. This is not like 100% accurate. This is based on the numbers they got out of this study. But they estimate that over 17 million people will accept Christ if they are presented with the gospel. I, I don't know if that makes you excited or how you're feeling about that. But that, that's saying that many people are ready to, to take a step. They just need some encouragement. They need someone to come alongside them. And they need someone to speak into their life. There's people, hundreds of thousands and millions of people around us that are just waiting for someone to share Jesus with them. Is that going to be you? I hope so. I hope so because that's what God is calling us to do. The 17 million that will absolutely accept Christ have presented the gospel. The next people group over, which we'll explain that here in just a minute. The next people group over, there's about 43 million of them that are on the edge. They're close. They're close. They just need someone to walk it through with them. Um, after a national or personal crisis, those are key opportunities to share, people, share Jesus with people in their lives. So, so after 9-11 happened, you know, we, we saw there was a huge influx of people you know obviously that's crazy they don't know where to turn so a lot of people you know that was a key moment for the church to step in and then there's other moments that have happened but in moments like that where is the church you are the church it's not the building this is just brick and mortar guys i, I know the church gets held up the highest teams you know no no we are the church we are what makes it up right you're what makes it up so we're to go out and be the church outside of these these four walls. 
Most unchurched have a high view of the Bible and Jesus, like I mentioned before. Most would rather talk to a lay person, that's you, than they would a minister on religious matters. They would feel more comfortable talking to someone who's not a pastor or a minister on spiritual matters. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to give you some courage so that you go out and do something with it, right? Here's the last thing. Easter is still a key time to invite unchurched people. It's the biggest time of the year for unchurched people to come in. It's holiday. People go uh, with their family. They hit their family event. Um, and in fact, we're going to do something different uh, this year with Easter. Uh, we're going to give away a family four-pack of Bush Gardens uh, to anybody that brings a guest or is a first-time guest on that side. So what you'll do is you put in a drawing if you bring a guest or if you, uh, or if you are a guest. Personally, yes, those days we put in the drawing and we'll give away four tickets uh, to Bush Gardens, okay? So we're doing that this year. So uh, let your family and, and friends and people know. Invite some people to Easter this year. Man, I'm so excited. God is really, uh, I, I get little nuggets each and every day. I'm thinking about, man, we're going to do this uh, series called The Contender. We're starting it. Man, you, you are a contender for heaven. You are a contender for this life. And so many times it's a fight, but you know what, man? We, we can get knocked down, but Jesus will help us get back up. We've got someone in our corner that is there that will champion us, and his name is Jesus. And I'll stop preaching right now. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'm, I'm excited about that message on Easter. Bring unsaved people. He's going to move. He's going to move. And we're going to have little cards next week for you to take out um, and, and pass out to people uh, that, that tell uh, about the church. But Easter is a key time to invite an unchurched. Let's fill this place up. Because we want people to hear about Jesus. Hey, turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 14. Jesus oftentimes spoke in parables. He oftentimes spoke in these stories that, that were relatable to people, who they are, things that they did, and what they went through. Um, in this particular parable, he's using uh, some farming type terms. It's the parable of the sower. And he, and he did that oftentimes so that people could relate to what he was saying. Because you've got to remember, Jesus came on the scene he flipped the script. Jesus came on the scene flipped things uh, upside down. And, and so he, he spoke in, in ways that people would get and understand. In fact, it was often the, the religious types that really didn't get it and understand uh, so much. But, but he speaks in this parable in Luke chapter 8. Verses 4 through 14. So walk with me uh, here. While, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on the birds, ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came out, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell on thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, came up and yielded a crop hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that through seeing they may not see, through hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked off uh, by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And did not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those who are noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. 
Jesus is explaining to us the different people that we're going to walk through here in just a few minutes that are going to hear the word, that are going to hear things that you say. These are the unchurched. These are people that don't know. These are the people that we need to reach. These are our neighbors. These are our friends. These are our family. These are our coworkers. These are the people that we need to reach. And he's describing these different people groups and how they receive the word. Um, you are the sower. You're the ones that need to be sharing and, and, and planting that seed, dropping that seed, throwing it out so that people can hear it, right? understand the people that are involved in this parable. So what I want to do is I want to walk through those different um, people groups with you because this particular study labels um, different people groups based on how they receive um, what, what they were talking and, and the questions that, that they gave in, in, into the answers. And so they label them unchurch one, unchurch two, unchurch three, unchurch four, unchurch five. So U5, U4, U3, U2. And you want a you want to be someone who is extremely highly likely to be responsive and to go to church if, if invited. A U five uh, was someone who was hostile, who didn't want anything to do with God, with church. They were hostile towards that. They were antagonistic. Um, and so we're going to walk through that because I want you to understand the type of people that you're going to approach, the type of people that that you're going to reach out to, and I want to again help put courage in you to not give up, regardless of how they. How they receive, regardless of how they react to you, we, we can't give up. We still have to pray, and we still have to keep reaching out to people. Okay, so 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 you five, these again, they're highly resistant to the gospel. Highly resistant to the gospel. They're they're they're, they're your atheists. They're they're the type of people that don't want anything to do uh, with church, and there's a reason for that. They didn't just wake up one day and be like, eh, I think I'm not going to believe in God today. Uh, there's a reason why they believe what they believe and, and why they feel the way that they feel. But they're, but they're usually hostile, highly resistant to the gospel. Uh, they don't want anything to do with God and they don't want anything to do with church. Uh, they believe it's all make-believe, that this is all just a waste uh, of time and resources. That why, why should we sit around and pray when we can get up and do something? Well, I believe we should do both my opinion, but, but they, they, they think prayer is a waste of, of time. Some think um, that all of this is used to manipulate people into doing good things. Uh, this is their mindset. This is what they think. This is how they feel. Many of them are very intelligent. They're very intelligent. They have a great understanding of, of things. They even have an understanding of the Bible and what it says. They know scripture. They probably know more than, than us. They know why you believe what you believe, and they know why they don't believe what you believe. And they can refute it, and they will. They'll argue circles around you. And it's difficult. That's a difficult place. I don't, I don't get an argument. If it's just going to be a circular argument, be like, man, I'll pray for you. And, and, and we, this just isn't getting anywhere. It's unproductive. We're going to get mad at each other. And that's the thing. You can't, it's easy to get upset. We, we get that righteous indignation inside of us. You're not going to talk about my God. We're going to be like David when he was fighting Goliath. You're not going to talk about my God. I'll beat you in the face with a rock. You know, we can't do that with people, right? Uh, that's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, so we have to be careful. We, again, we have to love people, uh, show truth and grace uh, at the same time, and that's that's a difficult, a difficult line to, to walk. Um, many of them have been hurt by the church, and that's why they feel the way that they feel. They've had a negative experience in the church. Uh, they've been offended. Uh, something happened, and and the stories are all over the place. Uh, some of them, someone did something to their family. Uh, someone gossiped about them. Um, there, there was some sort of abuse. There, there's so many reasons why, why they were offended or why they had a negative experience. Some people are looking for a reason to leave. 
So we, we have to tread lightly. With the, that, that's why in, in our church we don't gossip. We, we just don't do that. I, I would rather have all kinds of crazy people in here than gossipers. Because uh, we can work through those crazy things. Uh, gossip will, will ruin the church. And we're just not going to And that's all I'm going to say about that. Force gum. Um, so there's all kinds of things why they would have uh, a negative experience, but many of them have been hurt. Not just, not just hurt in the church, but just hurt in general. Uh, they're going through some things, and they don't, maybe they don't understand why, why God would allow those things or, or why something happened to them. And so, so there's many different reasons why they, they may be feeling the way that they feel. Personal issues uh, that have influenced their belief. Um, and they've, they've just had different experiences. Um, and, and even different people influence the, the study, the people interview them and ask, like, who were influential in your life? And many of them had a parent. Some, some of the, the atheistic type people had parents that, that, that were deep in church. They were deacons and they were church leaders and things like that. But, but there was just something that happened that, that led them to not believe uh, in those things. And so, so these are your U5s. The, the thing about this is that these make up 5% of all the people that they talk to. It's a small group. We, we have in our society and our culture, there's oftentimes these small groups of people that end up making the biggest noise. So, so people end up entertaining that and listening to, to them. But, but we don't have to worry about that because this is a small uh, amount of people compared to everybody else. But they still need Jesus. They still need someone to reach out to them, even if it is argumentative, even if it is a hassle, even if it is... Because here's the deal. God, God reached out and saved you and your mess and all your issues. He saved the joker like you and like me. And, and, and we still need to reach out to even the hardest hearts and hardest heads of people, right? So let's keep praying for them. Let's keep reaching out. Here, here's some things that can help reach this, this people group. Um, apologetics. Apologetics is, is defending the faith. It's understanding why you believe what you believe. Uh, don't let that word, like, because many of us are like, ah, that sounds like a big word. I, that, that just makes me tired thinking about what that means. It is a little bit deep. It does take us deeper in understanding um, who God is, uh, what, what all this really is all about, why we believe what we believe. But to reach this people group, we, we need to know some apologetics. We need to know why we believe what we believe because they know. They know, and they'll let you know, and they'll make you look like a fool. Um, some great books out there that can help you with this. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote Mere Christianity. Uh, Lee Strobel wrote The Case for Christ. Uh, there's another book, um, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Um, so that one's a little bit deeper read. It might be a little harder to get into, but it's great stuff, and it's a great starting place uh, for you uh, to do uh, some apologetics and things like that. Um, try to move one step at a time with them. Uh, for, for many of us, we just want to get people saved. We want to get them uh, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in water. We want to, we want to take them from point uh, D all the way to point A. We'll get excited, right? Um, but, but for many people, we, we have to walk them one step. It's all a process. For many of us, it's a process. And so, so we have to champion them and, and encourage them uh, along that journey and not expect them to get it overnight. It may take a lot of intercession. It may take a lot of prayer and, and just walking people through uh, what it means to follow Christ. It, it's going to take one conversation at a time with this particular group uh, of people. Um, understand, again, that many of them are hurt, angry, upset with the world, with life, and with, with the church. Um, for those that were reached, because there were some people that, that were reached in this people group, and for those that were reached, it was a longtime friend. Someone that they had known for a long time that, that helped them walk through, again, to walk them through 
what it means to follow Christ in, in that. So, so it might be difficult, but it's not impossible. Because we know all things are possible through Christ, right? If, if we'll keep, keep at it and keep praying and keep it encouraged. Again, it's all about how you approach them. It's all about how you interact with them. And, 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 and you, it takes building a relationship with them. You can't speak into someone's life if you haven't earned that. If you haven't earned that right to speak in. I'm not going to go up to a stranger and like, you're messed up. You've got issues in your life. You need to get that. I'm not going to do that because I don't know them. They don't know me. I'm not going to tell them their business. I don't want them telling me my business. Okay? We have to build relationships. Okay? It takes time. It takes prayer. But we need to do it. Again, we can't pick and choose who to reach because God has changed us. Uh, the U4s. This is the next group. They're very similar to a U5. Very similar, um, but they're more receptive. They're more receptive to, to the gospel. They're resistant. They're not hostile. Okay, so they'll entertain a conversation with you. They'll, they'll talk to you about that. Um, a common issue with them is that um, some uh, negative event has happened in their life relating to church and Christianity. This is common in almost all of these groups, that, that people had a negative experience, and it's keeping them from coming to church. We've got we to gotta stop that. I'm not saying that's you, but just the church is there. I know you guys are awesome. So, It's common for them to have misunderstandings about God, the Bible, and Jesus. This is common in all of them. There, there's, again, there's some wacky thoughts out there and different beliefs and what people uh, believe. And for many of them, they had some sort of understanding, some sort of knowledge, but, but it, was, it was way off. Okay? So, so again, they haven't had people influence them in their life to, to believe and understand that. Many of them have, in, in just about every group, many of them have a works type of salvation. In other words, you earn your way to heaven. If we're just good people and we just do good things, then we'll, we'll be okay. We'll make it to heaven. But, but that eliminates the need for Jesus, right? Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through him. Salvation comes through uh, a life with Jesus alone. And many people don't know that because no one has told them. Um, they tend to affirm the beliefs of everyone. Uh, you know, well, you know, why? Why couldn't they believe what they believe and that, that way works? So they tend to affirm whatever anybody else believes. Um, they may advocate for the equality of beliefs. So, you know, all roads lead to God, which is, that doesn't work. <laughs> all right, that, that can't work. It doesn't make sense. Um, all roads, this universal thing, uh, all religions believe in the same God. Uh, you, can, you can weed out. I don't have time to do it today. And again, this is more to do with apologetics. But you can weed out pretty much all the religions and narrow it down to three based on what they believe, and that's Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Christianity is the only one where God comes down to people, and that was Jesus, right? And, 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 and the rest of it is this works type of mentality. If we just are good people, then we make it to heaven. And so many people believe that. Um, their thoughts towards salvation are, are negative at times because they think that's, that's too narrow, that's unfair. Why, why would we exclude uh, people from getting into heaven? That's not... They, so they have this type of mentality when, when it comes to, to that sort of thing. Uh, they, they do see value in prayer, though, interestingly enough. They, they believe in prayer, but it's more of a safety net for them. They, they don't really know who they're praying to or, or, or why they're praying. They just know they're going through a hard time, and that makes them feel better. Uh, so, so they have some concept of prayer. Uh, they're receptive to spiritual matters and even the church, despite the resistance uh, to, to the gospel. So there's some small little windows and doors that, that we have a chance to kind of sneak in uh, uh, with, with some of these people groups. And you'll see that throughout. So, that, so that's the U4. Um, here's the deal. With all of these groups, if you invite them, they'll come. If you keep praying, many of them now. Again, I know there's some that are less receptive. But if you'll invite them, they'll come. If you'll reach out to them, 
They'll get it eventually. It may, it may not happen right away, but man, we just got to keep reaching out to people. Keep praying and keep, keep going after them. The, the next people group is right in the middle. They're neutral. They're your U3s. Uh, they're neutral. They have not one sway, one way or the other. They're receptive to the gospel in church. They'll have a conversation with you. They're generally friendly and, and, uh, and receptive. They may give orthodox responses about Christianity, but have not made that step of faith to receive Christ in their life. Um, most likely grouped have been influenced by a family member. This is an open door. This is an open door of conversation to talk to them. Oh, hey, well, what was your experience? Oh, you know, my grandpa took me to church growing up. And, and, and that's just an open door of conversation to, to kind of to, to sneak in there. Many have some sort of church background, but haven't accepted Christ. They, they went to church, never made that leap of faith. And, and, have, and, and, and have stepped away from the church. Um, and, and many times it's because of a negative event. Something happened that turned them away uh, from church. Many people like Jesus, but they don't like the church. Uh, and, and yeah, you don't need to go to church to have salvation, but it's imperative that we go to church to grow because we're better together. It's better to grow together with people, have people that will pray with us and encourage us. Um, it's, just, it's just better that way. Um, they're, eager to, they're actually eager to study the Bible. So, so this is where maybe not a non-traditional setting, so a Sunday morning type sort. Maybe they would be more likely to come to a Bible study or some sort of small group or, or something like, or a chili cook-off that we're going to have next Sunday night. Shameless plug. Um, so you know what I'm saying? Um, which you can sign up for that out in the four-year. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet out there. Please sign up for that. Um, but they're more likely to come to things like that. And, and t- they're okay to talk about the Bible and God and church, but they're just... Things have turned them away from, from uh, the institution uh, of church. Um, all of these groups, all of these groups have some sort of theology. They have some sort of idea about God, heaven, earth, hell, Jesus, that sort of thing. But it's just all over the they're all over the place, and they have a lot of questions. So you got to be ready to answer and handle those questions. Um, you too, not the band, but this people group. Um, these are very receptive to the gospel and to church. They're generally friendly and receptive. Um, uh, they, they, they'll have conversations with you as well. Um, they'll, they'll, the, these are ones, this is that 43 million I mentioned earlier. They're, they're right on the cusp. They will, you know, they will uh, again, uh, may come and some of them may just be on the edge. And, and they just need, again, people to come alongside them. Um, and, and they're eager uh, to... to uh, they're eager to, to know and, and to learn and stuff like that. They just, again, need someone to step in and speak to them. And then are you ones? They're, they're the highest receptive to, to the gospel. They're the 17 million that I mentioned earlier. They're ready to go. They just are waiting for someone to share. Many of these people, many of these people know family members. They know coworkers. They know friends. They know neighbors that do go to church and they don't understand why they've never talked to them about their faith. Why do we have people in our lives that are lost and in need of Jesus, the Jesus that we have, the Jesus that we know and love, the Jesus that has come in and, and wrecked our life in a good way, and, and, and the Jesus that we come in and worship every week, and there's so many people out there around us that are just waiting, and they don't understand, why haven't they talked to me about God and church, and come on, we got to step up, we got to make that, we got to make that better. They're eager to hear big biblical truths. And they may take, these are the people, they may take initiative into asking you questions. Again, we have to be ready to answer those things. Uh, many of them have a church background and mostly positive experiences. They have some sort of understanding of God, heaven, and hell, and Jesus. The main excuse for this group is that they're too busy. Well, I, I, we see that all around us. Many of us are busy. 
But their main excuse is that, man, we're just too busy. Sunday ends up being a family day, which I totally understand. We have service for about an hour and a half. It may go a little bit longer sometimes. But people can come into church real quick. And then go on about their day. They got the rest of their day to do whatever, right? It's, 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 we got to help lead people out of that mindset that, that church is just something else that we do. And it has to start in us. Church can't just be something else on your agenda, on your list of things to do. You know, our relationship with God has to be the most important thing that we have in our life and that we do. And everything else needs to build off of that. 97% of them are likely to come to church if invited. 97%. Most of them are likely to come to church if they're invited. There's many people out there that are just waiting for you to reach out to them. So here's a summary of all the groups. And we're going to wrap up soon. So I know, I know you guys are getting tired. Um, we're going to wrap up real soon. Most of these groups have a works salvation mentality. In other words, we work our way to heaven. Uh, we do good things. We be good people, right? Um, many of these groups have that. Many have had negative experiences with the church. Or just in life in general. Many have mixed up theology. So again, we need to understand why we believe what we believe. Uh, many have some view of God, Jesus, heaven, and hell. So some believe just everybody just goes to heaven. Why, why, why would we believe in hell? That's bad, right? That's not fair. Um, but there, there is there's reality of both. But again, that's why we need to know why we believe what we believe. But regardless, regardless of what end of this spectrum they're on, regardless if they're U5 or U1 or somewhere in the middle, regardless, they all need Jesus. We all do, right? And so we have to reach out to them. Listen to this. The church is the one institution for those outside of it. We don't have a cover charge. We don't exclude people. We welcome people into this place. I don't care what walk of life they're in. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't expect people to come in and just immediately get it, right? So if we have people come in that, that are living kind of crazy, we have to help walk them through that. We have to disciple them. We want them here because they're people. If they're breathing, they need Jesus, right? And we have to reach out to them. We can't exclude people. We can't push people out. The church is the one institution for those outside of it. This is not some club where you have to pay dues. Well, yeah, we pay tithes, but that's something different. Dues, right? Uh, but, but this is not that type of thing. There's no VIP access. There's none of that. Like, anybody's welcome to come in. If you invite them, they will come. They will come. Is every person going to be receptive to what you say according to this study? No, they But we still have to try. We still have to reach out. We still have to share our faith. We have to share what God has done in our life. We have to share Jesus with people. God has given each of you a story. God has given each of you a voice. Go out. Share what God has done in your life. Come on, won't you stand up with me uh, today? We're going to close a little bit different. We had, we had our prayer time earlier in the day, uh, but we're just going to close out with a few final thoughts, and then, and then we're going to pray and give you some announcements. But um, again, this is not an exclusive club. This is not like us four no more, right? We're not going to do that. We want people, we want people to come. Uh, Jesus came for all who would believe. But here's the deal. Someone has to tell them that. Someone told you. Someone, someone prayed for you. For many of us, mom and daddy drove us to, to church. But at some point it clicked, right? But someone had an influence in your life and shared with you about Jesus. We need to do that for other people. Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we share the life-changing hope of Jesus Christ in people's lives? Why wouldn't we do that? 
Most of these people groups have never been talked to about faith, about Jesus, God, heaven, hell, any of those things. They've never been told what it means to, to, to have salvation, what it means to accept Christ in their life. Many of them have never had that conversation. Many of them have never been invited to church. And that's a sad reality. Let's change that. Let's change that. This is going to be tough for you to, to hear, but it's the truth. Our silence suggests that people can just go to hell. I know it's tough to swallow, but it's the truth. For quiet, that, that's saying, no, they, I get grace, they don't get grace. I get the love of Jesus, they, they don't get it. I get mercy, they... The Bible tells us, listen, if we want that, that uh, shaking down, running over kind of stuff, which many of you, if I start even preaching about that, y'all start dancing and shouting and running this thing, right? Because we all want that stirred up, shaking up kind of stuff. But if you read the previous verse, it's talking about grace and mercy. If you want mercy, you give. If you want grace, you give grace. Then it'll be shaking down, running over in your life. Why would we hold that back from people? There's people going through all kinds of stuff in their life. Why would we hold back the answer for them in their life? Our silence can't happen anymore. Let's step up. Let's speak up. Tell someone about Jesus. Share your story. Invite someone to church. Again, invite someone to Easter. Maybe Easter is a great opportunity. It's just in a couple weeks away, and this series is leading into that. We're going to give you some practical steps throughout this on how to, how to share your story, how to witness, and, and all that. And so this is all leading into Easter. So maybe Easter is that, that, that week that maybe is... is is a prime time for you to, to start doing some things. We're going to give out some, some little cards, some little square cards that say come to, come to our church for Easter. We're going to pass those out next week and, and, and we're going to start promoting some things on, on Facebook. But maybe this is a great time for you to start working that into your life and personal evangelism and what that is and what that, that means. Maybe, maybe now it's just some time to take some bold steps at your job. Now I get some jobs don't, they frown upon that, but you can do whatever you want on your lunch break. If you're clocked out, you can do whatever you want on your lunch break. So, so pray for people, witness to people. You don't have to be all like God said and speaking the King James and be all weird. It's not be weird, okay? There's enough weirdos out there. Let's not be weird, okay? Just, just be open and honest and compassionate with people. That's what Billy Graham did. He was compassionate, open and honest, and he lived a life of integrity. People don't necessarily, what's the Bible say? They know it's by our fruit. Okay? But let's be those people. So, so go back to the parable with me for just a minute. We're going to close out here. Okay, go back to the parable. I had this thought. Why didn't the farmer just go to the good soil? He was just throwing seed out everywhere. Just wherever. If he knew what soil was why didn't he just drop it in there? It said that there was some growth in certain spots, right? There was some seed that didn't, that didn't sink in, but it didn't take root. See, for those people, maybe there's no discipleship. Maybe someone didn't walk through that with them. See, we can't just say, except Jesus. Awesome. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Jesus is awesome. He's the answer. Yes, he did. Woo! And then we just leave them in and hang it. Right? So, so we have to walk people through that. And let me tell you this. Let me let you know. The pastor doesn't always have to be the one that does that. You can disciple people too. You can walk people through what, what, what you've gone through and, and what, what it means to be a Christian and, 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 and walk them through those steps. Yes, we'll have things here at the church that are able to do that as well. But you can do that also. So, so Jesus just cuts to 
Uh, well, I ask the question, why, why didn't Jesus just cut to the chase, right? And just say, listen, there's only going to be one type of people that are going to accept and, and, and listen to you. And, and, and let's just don't bother with anybody else. Let's just focus on the one. Because there's a chance, right? There, there is a chance that if we do throw it out there, that they may, they may accept, they may believe, they may come to know. Maybe it doesn't happen right away, but it, but it happens if we keep praying through and we keep, we keep working on them. We keep it encouraged and we keep coming alongside of people and not give up on them. Listen. No one gave up on you. Jesus didn't give up on you. Your mama that was praying for you for years didn't give up on you. Your grandmama didn't didn't quit praying for you. Come on. We just got to hang in there and walk people through what it means. Maybe there is a chance if we put it out there. Listen, but we never know if we don't do it. We'll never know if we don't try. We'll never know if we don't take a step of faith. We'll never know if we're not bold and just trust the Holy Spirit to speak through it. We'll never know. And they'll never know if no one ever tells them. Bow your heads and close your eyes. We'll get ready to pray out. Man, if you invite them, they'll come. If you invite them, they'll come. The Great Commission is our commission. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, Go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.